Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, he's a good player. Um, yeah, well, I didn't see that, but I haven't really, I haven't really followed them. So, um, we all have to make our decisions. He made his. I respect it. Oh, there you have it. You can rest easy. Bill Belichick said Bill. it's okay for Andrew Luck to retire. He respects it. We can move on with life. Well, you know the controversy around that, do you? Do you not even know this yet? He he said he did not see that. Okay. So I'm gonna, and then he said he did not see that. And then New England sent out a press release last night and added the word coming to the end of his. He did not see that coming in parentheses, right? Which was total bullshit because he could see the freaking video, okay? And he doesn't (laughs) say that. All right. Now, I mean, do you really think Bill Belichick didn't realize Andrew Luck didn't uh, retired? If if there's one person out there who would know, I mean, guys like you who've been in the building say that. He doesn't know anything else. Yes. The outside world doesn't come in. No, I know. He was supposed to meet like some Sunday that was Mother's Day and everybody had to tell him. Yes. It's not okay. Yeah, we're like, hey, but tomorrow's Mother's Day. He's like, oh, okay, yes. He's totally oblivious to things like that. But I have a hard time believing he was oblivious to Andrew Luck retiring. Probably true. Right? All right. All right. So, and then I want to ask you, why do you think he would not want to act like... Why? I'm putting you on the spot here. Yeah. By the way, this is Paul Bur- Burmeister under the microscope. Okay, And I'm Chris Sims, and this is Unbuttoned. <laughs> okay, why do you think he did it? This is just a theory I threw out this morning, but why do you think he's acting like he didn't even see Andrew Luck, one of the best quarterbacks in football, mm-hmm. a playoff team in his conference last year? Yep. Why do you think he won't want to give it its credence? What do you think that goes back to? You think it's Jacoby Brissett related? Ooh, no, but that's a good one. I never really thought of that. That's a good one. Nice talk. Come on, can you keep flushing it out? Let's Colts, go. Colts, Patriots, history, postseason. Oh. Right. Come on, come on. You're almost there. The come flake on. Egg. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm right? with you. I think he, between that and the fact that Josh McDaniels had the issue there last year, he's trying to act like I don't pay attention to that organization. That would be the my issue. Two like sense. he accepted the job. And, right. And, and, right. And, right. Yeah, Which I mean. Josh certainly looks like he was in the wrong there, and yeah. I know Josh didn't do that to, to intentionally screw them over Happened. or anything yeah. like that. Right. But I would think Deflategate was at the, the root of that, to go like, ah, I don't even pay attention to that team. You sniffed uh, that out well. I, I don't know Where'd if I go? did. I don't know if I did. I might be just causing shit by doing that, but I'm, Maybe. that's what I think, okay? And you're good at that. I am good at that. Saturday evening, yes. when the news broke, right. Bill didn't hear about it. Where were you? I was watching preseason football, okay? I mean, I was trying to watch Miami, Florida college football, but that was unbearable, all right? So How then, so? Because it was just so sloppy, and the game takes so long, and they do every play, we oh got to look gosh. at the, you know, the coach, and, oh, it's third and two. We can't run a third and two play. We got to call a timeout. I got to go talk about it. We haven't talked right. about third and two. So that drove me crazy. That's what, that's what happens when you get scarred by the NFL, because the game is just more efficient. Right. So I'm sitting there, though, going back and forth between that and the Jets and the Saints. Okay. And... I'm there. It's my, my, my nephew's birthday, so I'm at my dad's house. Ignoring family. Ignoring family. Yep. The party's over. I've had enough. Like, get out of here, okay? It's time to sit on the couch. And I have a guy here, a guy, a family friend, who is like, wait, wait, did you guys not just see that? And we're like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I swear it just said Andrew Luck retired on the bottom of the screen. We're all like, no, no it didn't. Right? And, we, you know, of course, we get DirecTV and the DVR. You can rewind it right there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I got to see. I, I don't believe you. Throwing the challenge flag. And, I there mean, we were so locked in on the game, and I think Taysom Hill was playing at that point, but yeah. there it was, breaking yeah. news. And, I mean, shocking. I mean, Completely. I was on truly. the sideline working a PLL game in Albany on Saturday, and I thought someone just didn't know what they were talking about. Yeah. Because someone at the desk behind me where they do stats 
some of the PLL administration said, somebody said it. I was like, that, there's, there's no way that's true. And we were walking to the truck after the game, and sure enough, there it was. There it was. Here's what I was thinking about driving in, because my feelings about it now are much different than they were Saturday night. It was just shock and surprise. Gotcha. No way. Right. So three days later, yeah. you've thought about it. Yeah. You've read about it, thought right. about it some more. What's your headline? Yeah, I mean, I think at first I was disappointed and not like in Andrew Luck, but because I'm a football fan, I go, damn, the Colts are like a Super Bowl contender, and I kind of wanted to see what they were going to look like this year, and I like watching Andrew Luck play, Mm -hmm. but I get it. I mean, I I, I feel like I came to that, and and especially me, because I I know I battled through some of this crap myself, and maybe didn't get beat up to the capacity of all different body parts hurting, but... I struggled with my... You lost a vital organ. I lost a vital organ, and it took me really about 18 months yeah. to... It took me a full year just to find somebody to give me some answers to what the hell was going on and why did I have one of the strongest arms in football, and now I'm like third on the peewee team yeah. in arm strength, okay? So I didn't understand any of that. So I understand his frustration, but yeah, you know, at, at first, I just... I, uh, as it went on, I just went, hey, the guy's... It's, he's not in it. Physically, mentally, mm-hmm. the, the grind of the sport and him physically having to try to get ready on a day-to-day basis, it's worn him out to where he doesn't love the game anymore. Right. And I get that because I got to periods where with my rehab where I was just like every day I'd wake up and I'd be, oh, I hope this is the day I can throw again. Yeah. I hope this is the day I can throw again. And then it's day 450 and, and you're you don't going, feel any better, yeah. and I'm going, damn, I mean – do I want to keep doing this? I mean, this is so fucking frustrating. I think that's the question that yeah. a lot of players, and I was, I was around it for a minute, uh, paid a lot of attention, but I wasn't around it the way you were, didn't play it the way you did. But my mind went to a, a day or two later what you just said. I wonder how many guys get to the point where, like, I don't really want to do this anymore, and sure. they keep doing it. Right. And I think they do, and I, I came up with three reasons, yep. and see if you check the box with all three of these. Yeah. Number one, they love the money. Who wouldn't like millions and millions of exactly dollars? Exactly right. He didn't seem like he really needed the money. So, well, number one. And he has the money. See, that's right. where he can walk at away. At one point, he needed it. But right. at this point, I mean, he's however got at least many millions million he has. He's got $30 in the bank, unless yeah. he's been buying Rolls Royces on a daily basis. He's got at least $30 million in the so bank. So, the money answer as to why am I going to keep doing this didn't really, it, it didn't, didn't keep him going. Didn't relate to him, right? Number two, a lot of players, and I, I was in this category too. I'm not ripping people. They don't yeah. have a lot of interest outside of football. So, that, that thought. What am I going to do? Yes. What would I do all day if right. I didn't have this? I don't think Andrew Luck had that issue. Yeah, no, right. He's an extremely smart human being. I mean, He's right. not worried about his days being fulfilled without studying for football, without playing football. And then number three, the big one to me, yeah. his identity seemed to go way beyond just himself as a quarterback. Yes. Think about how you felt about yourself when you're 25. What was number one with an exclamation point? Your quarterback. No doubt. It's, it's, all it's I who about you are. Every day, right. And he, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy where that was running his identity. Yes. So he said no to all three of those answers. Like, you know, screw this. Yeah. I don't need it. I, I think you're exactly right. And I think he probably felt like with all the injuries and him having to struggle and rehab and not feeling right, that it was probably hurting that identity that you're talking about as a human being when he talks about, I'm not getting to live life to yeah. the way I want to. And that's scary. And I'm sure he's sitting there thinking, wow, it's only going to get worse as I continue to play. You know, hey, he did a good job avoiding hits last year, but he's still in the pocket. Right. I'm going to stand there and wait for that guy to get open down and the field. And run a lot and take and hits as well. And run a lot and take hits as well. And again, this is where I'll go back. You know, we know about all the major injuries he's had. And it's a long list. We don't know about all the other knickknacks and right. nagging injuries. You know, he's old school. He's not going to sit there and tell you about every little thing that's bothered him through his career. Right. You know, I think it's a guy that, you know, probably had a lot of issues and just was like, oh, okay, I feel okay today. I'll, I'll, I'll push through it. Mm-hmm. And then he's got these other issues where obviously he cannot push through it. And uh, I, I feel for him, you know, and the fact uh, that it is not easy to continue to battle like that day after day after day. And if you're not totally invested in the game, you know only bad things can happen. Right. You know, and I think that's where he got to. He lost the joy of the game in general. I think he worried about his future life and how he was going to feel after that. And because of that, I, I give him credit. I mean, I really do. That's not an easy decision to make. I like him more. He was one of my favorite players in the yeah. league. I like him even more now that I've thought about his reasoning and rationale his courage. Right. He could have hung away. around and, of he and collected think, $12 million this year. And I think most acted, people do. Right. He could have maybe even do. pulled, like, throw me on the IR or the yeah. pup or whatever, anything like that, to where – 
okay, and he's still going to collect a check. But you know what? He did the admirable thing. He said, not only am I banged up, I don't really know if I want to do this. Right. And uh, I'm never going to get involved in someone's personal life uh, as far as that's concerned. And I hate to see him go, but yep. I totally understand it. You mentioned that you were disappointed because you're going to miss watching him play. Yes. One little anecdotal story about Andrew Luck. I think it was back in 2016. Yeah. I was out for, for football night in America, and we would go to the late kickoff game. The big game, it was the Andrew Luck against Peyton Manning game. Sure. And after the game, we've got this little, could be 20-minute, it could be a four-minute window to put together a report, interview the star player. Well, Colts won, so we wanted to talk to Andrew Luck. And it turned out to be the game where he lacerated a kidney. His, yeah, right. I and remember. also tore something. Had a down. scramble so was, until his left and took a real big hit. He was hit. way beyond banged up. He right. was injured. We didn't right. really know it then, but he was. And I was trying to get to Andrew through his PR staff, and they kept saying no, 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 no. Yeah. And he was about 20 yards away from me, and he was kind of aware in his periphery what was going on. And we had about three minutes left until we had to bag it, and Andrew said, guys, no problem, I'll do it. Send Paul over, it's no problem at all. PR staff apologized, Andrew Luck does the interview, and everything works out only because right. victorious injured Andrew Luck said, you know what, this is cool. I'm happy to do it. Yeah, he's a true professional. I mean, right. I've been around him before, too. Like you said, smart, couldn't be kinder, a huge man. I mean, Andrew Giant. Luck's one of those guys. When yes. you see him in person, you go, damn, okay, now I understand why you're the number one pick. You can run four, five, nine, and you're this big. I mean, he's a special, special skill set. His measurables at the Combine – the closest person we've seen to him are really Cam Newton. Right. I mean, that's kind of what he's been. Right. And he played with that type of physicality. But, again, it shows you physicality like that, even at the quarterback position. I don't care who you are, Cam Newton or Andrew Luck. If you play that way, your ass is going to get beat yep. down over time. And, I, you know, I think the other the crazy thing is he, his team is finally good. Yeah. And then he's walking away, which best. is strange. It's the best team he's been a part right. of. I know. Right? And yeah. early in those early in his, you know, his his greatness was, you know, honestly, like he was a victim of his own greatness early in his career. Mm -hmm. I really do believe that. Where, okay, he was on a team where he knew he had to push the envelope, tote the line of reckless. I got to play almost reckless if we want to win right. because if I don't stand in the pocket and take that big shot to hit T.Y. Hilton, we're not going to win the game. Or if I don't scramble mm -hmm. and lower my shoulder, we're not going to beat right. the Broncos when we're at home against them. And, and sometimes that's what happens to the great quarterbacks that are on team than less than. I used this example with Borio the other day with, Mike, with Aaron Rodgers, the same thing. You know, he's hurt his shoulder a few times. Yeah, think about how he hurt his shoulder. It's in the pocket, dancing around, trying to get away because he knows, damn, if I don't make the play, who's going to? Right. And it, so then you have to play a different way than maybe compared to, let's just say, Peyton Manning in his prime with the Colts or Tom Brady in his prime with the Patriots where the team around him was so good he didn't always have to risk his body right. because he knew, okay, I'll get another chance to hit Gronk down the middle or something like that. Uh, so all of it is crazy. I also think of the Bruce Arians factor. You know, I look Which at, is? Well, Bruce is like, stand in there. I mean, he's doing it this year to Jameis Winston. Yeah. Put weight on. Yeah. I want to throw the ball down the field. Big You're soldier. You're going to get hit. Big soldier. Yeah. I think of Big Ben. He got beat the crap up with Bruce Arians as the OC. And I'm not blaming Bruce Arians here. I'm just trying to point out things that go through my mind football-wise. Carson Palmer mm -hmm. got the shit beat out of him at the end in, in, uh, out in Arizona. Right. And, you know, Andrew Luck certainly took his beatings there too altogether. But uh, it's a shame to see him go nonetheless. Colts are going to be fine, though. Yes. Now, now we, like everybody else, move on yes. a little bit. Jacoby right. Brissett, I was watching you and Mike this morning after yeah. the kids went to school. Did I hear you say that Andrew Luck was worth two wins? I did. I so do. They're only, if they were a 12 and 4 team yeah. with Andrew Luck, are right. they 10 and 6? Yeah, I mean, I think realistically, we could say something like that. I don't think that's totally crazy. Okay, the, the, this is how I look at it really more. This is the greatness of Andrew Luck. The Colts are not going to fall off earth. I mean, they're not. They're, they're a good football team. Are they still team. the best team in that division? I, yes. I mean, I think on paper, I think it's a very close division. But I think from top to bottom, you know, yes, I, I, maybe, maybe I would give them the edge right okay. now. I think Jacksonville's nipping at their heels. I'm a Jacksonville believer. Um, but, yeah, let's just say the Colts were 10-6 and six last year, right? So the big question I will have with Jacoby Brissett and why I say Andrew Luck's worth two wins is – because Andrew Luck, I think the greatest quality he had was his clutch factor. I mean, I just felt like... Define clutch factor. Clutch factor is no matter what week it was, if I looked at and turned on the Colts game and I said, hmm, they're down by 10 with 10 minutes left, I said, right. 
I guarantee he's going to get the ball one time to have a chance to win the game. Mm-hmm. And most times he delivered. And if he, and if he did deliver, or if he didn't deliver, he really delivered, and maybe the defense gave up one more score at the end to where they lost on the yeah. defense on the field. But his clutch factor, very much like a Derek Jeter or a Tom Brady, where you just felt like, man, yep. he's got the ball in his hands right now. He's going to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And he showed us that last year. He showed us that prior to his you know, year out of football in 2017. He had it going all the way back. Was it his rookie or They're second season? Rookie Remember, year? I they mean, were losing to Kansas City by about three, maybe four touchdowns in the playoffs, and they won. I think it was 45-10 to 10 at the time or 45. That's I can't been a part of every sport. coach's, every player's belief the last six or seven years. There. Exactly right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's the beauty of Andrew Luck. And now, I, I don't the greatness of how the Colts built their team and Chris Ballard and Frank Reich. Frank Reich, this isn't her first rodeo in this type of uh, right. situation. Been there recently. Whether it, and then he's been in it, too, when he had a fill-in for yeah. Jim Kelly. So, he really knows what it's going to take. But this is why you have a great backup quarterback. Because now if you lose one guy, your whole season doesn't go down the drain. You know, we, we talked a little bit last week about concerning backup quarterback positions. positions. This was not one of them. Didn't talk about the Colts. No. And w- when you did your quarterback rankings in the spring, didn't you have him? Top 32. I, I was going to say top I did. 30. Okay. Yeah, I did. I, had, I can't remember exactly. I want to say 30, maybe 29, right around that range. Had him ahead of some, some starters. Had him ahead of Eli and, yep. and a few other starters. Yes, I did. And the, the great thing is, is not only is he capable, but he's got a very similar skill set to Andrew Luck, too. They don't have to change things. I thought the same thing. You know, they don't have to change anything. He's a good deep ball thrower. He's a pretty good athlete. He's willing to stand in the pocket and, and, okay, I'm big. I'm a big soldier. I can take the shot, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, again, I don't think the Colts fall off earth by any stretch of the imagination. It's just going to be those two or three games, like I say, where – is Jacoby Brissett going to come through? Last drive of the game, they're down by four. They need a touchdown to win, and there's 2:05 left on the clock. Andrew Luck delivered more times than not. Now Jacoby Brissett's going to have to prove it to us. He can too. Right. He got a lot of experience uh, backing up Tom Brady. Played a lot a couple of years ago. Didn't play well, but his team didn't play well around yeah, him. Yeah. Right. Uh, Came into a tough situation. Team you know? is so much improved. Now. So much. Different coach. Uh, different experience for him. So. Yeah. All right. So we got a good day coming. Yes, we We're do. We're going to get into a little film breakdown. We're going to get to a little AFC over-unders. I heard you were buried in the film. I was ba- That's what I do. Yeah. I mean, yesterday right. I had to do a lot of stuff for the Peacock, okay? So I did not get to watch the film, all right? I was working for WNBC. There you go. And I, uh, I'm a little, I was a little behind, so I got after it today. Okay. Uh, other things I just want to tell everybody to look out for. Next week, definitely going to do my – I'm going to pick the season as far as – Who's making the playoffs? I'm going to make a fake playoff bracket, and we're going to go right down to the Super Bowl. That's coming up. I think we're going to do that on Tuesday of next week. So if you guys want the answer key early, mm-hmm. you want to tune in to next Tuesday because usually what I say totally comes true, and all the teams that I say go in and make it the Can playoffs. I sign up for that day? <laughs> yeah, sure. Am I in Tuesday? Sure, I don't even know. I, okay. You act like I have control over my own podcast. <laughs> it is the Chris Sims podcast. <laughs> yes, I yeah. don't have any control. Don't worry. All right. <laughs> you know, I've been asking for mics that work all the time. Do you see? That, you see, it was they funny last week we talked yeah. about that because I've been thinking see? about it since so, last spring. I've been I was talking to it, and it doesn't really matter. <laughs> right, right. So it's that, a bad habit. That's what we got coming. Thanks for your Iowa Hawkeye shirt the other day. Have too. you worn it yet? No, I have not. Okay. But it's coming up. It'll, I'll wear it. Is it's, it like it, in a ball? No. Corner room? It's, no. it's in all my collared, folded okay. shirts right there. It's in a respectable spot. When you wear it, send a picture. Okay, I will. Okay. okay. And then, all right, so I got a, one read here, the Peter King podcast. I mean, got to show him some love. Speaking of Andrew Luck, check out the Peter King podcast. He's got Carson Palmer for his thoughts on Andrew Luck's retirement. Oddly get, enough, I just brought that up yeah. about Luck playing for Bruce Arians and whatever else. Other guest, Philip Rivers. I mean, those are both going to be great gets. I mean, Carson Palmer is a great dude, been around him a lot. He is sneaky funny, and Philip Rivers doesn't even need to be funny, and he's funny. Great interview every time. Yeah, I mean, he's he's amped up all the time. Uh, As usual, Peter's killing it, and uh, I would recommend anybody to listen to that. Preseason week number three and the film study that you caught up with earlier this morning. I want to start with the 49ers. Yep. Jimmy Garoppolo, big story the week leading up to week three. He had struggled in his first outing. Yep. His numbers were very good. 14 out of 20, almost 200 yards. How did the film look? Yeah, it, it looked good. I mean, it was a huge improvement. There was no more deer in the headlights factor with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, am I going to sit here and just go, oh, it was perfect. I feel a whole lot better about everything. No, not totally. But at least I felt like he saw the field well. He didn't just throw some balls up into an area like, oh, gosh, the pocket's collapsing. I'm just going to throw it there and hope it works out. Oh, it was an interception or it was a dropped interception, you know, two weeks ago. 
This week, I think he knew where to put the ball when he was in danger in the pocket, but made decisions, was decisive with it, and threw, threw some great balls. You know, down the sidelines, had a little double move to number 13. Uh, I think it was Richie James. I can always forget his name. You know, had the touchdown to Brita, you know, uh, along the left sideline when he was lined up in the slot, recognized the matchup. Ooh, I have a Reggie Raglan on Matt Brita. Mm-hmm. And makes the appropriate throw and decision there to get the touchdown. Uh, made a number of other good throws to go along with it. Now, do I think Kyle Shanahan, you know, game planned a little for this and, and, and did things like that to make sure to Jimmy Garoppolo? Right. Yeah, of course he did. Right. And it's preseason game number three. That's what you're supposed to do. But especially you do it in this scenario when you want a guy to start to gain confidence and get going. And this is what it was all about more than anything. Now, the one thing that it does concern me, and I think you heard me say this last week, like his feet are still messed up. You know, and you play. How so? Well, he he does not like to hitch into throws at times. He loves to just sit there and instead of like, I'm going to throw the 20 yard comeback and bam and throw it, he kind of just sits there flat footed and tries to do it all arm and with like the torque of his hips. And because of that, Ball, he loses control of the ball at times. Is that new with the injury? Is it something he's This is something done? I saw a little bit last year, too. Because I always thought his, his balance was It's very good. good. So can we get on the jib? You ready for the jib? Let's do some jib action because I got the football here, too. I just got to show what we he does a little bit. We didn't stand last week, so yeah. Yes. So, yeah. So, he, he is balanced, like you're saying. He's always in this spot, right? So, yeah. he's always ready to throw. But the thing is, when you throw a 20-yard in cut, usually Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or most quarterbacks in football, oh, there's the 20-yard in cut. I get towards the top of my drop, and then bam, and I step into a throw. He gets to the top of his drop and just sits there and then just tries to do it like that. And he loses control of the ball at times. And he loses power on the football at times. And I don't necessarily like that. He got away with that in preseason game number three against the Chiefs defense. But I'm not sure he's going to get away with that against the Seattle Seahawks and some other teams they got to play in the schedule this he's year. He's always kind of been that way, though. He has always been kind of that way. I just don't think his game is going to go to the level he wants it to go to, especially in the West Coast offense. I'm going to do one more jib thing. I forgot to say it. Sorry. You're earning your, you're earning your pay today. But the West Coast offense, all they talk to you about is listen to your feet, listen to your feet, listen to your feet, right? So if you, let's just say you had a, a concept where there's a guy in the flat and let's say there's a 20-yard out route. You take the seven-step drop, they would coach you. On the first hitch, you want to throw the 20-yard out route. If you get to the second hitch, you listen to your feet and you throw it down to the guy in the flat or whoever the second read is. And because of that, I think he stays on the first read too long at times. He throws the rhythm of himself off within the offense of doing that. That would be my two cents. It was still very good. Is that fixable at this it point? Is, it is fixable, but it's going to compromise him, like I saw even early last year, on some deep throws, and all of a sudden you want to be aggressive. Or, or you, you, you're looking at a guy – and you're going, he's not going to be open. And the DB falls all of a sudden. you got to get it up all of a sudden. And you go, oh, gosh, I, I didn't get enough power on it to really get my legs underneath it to throw it 55 yards down the field. That's where I've seen it kind of peek out at him at times. And it's just something that I just say to put on everybody's radar there. Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, I was, I was impressed by what I saw with him It was overall. an encouraging outing Definitely. considering what he was last time. Definitely was. Let's stay in the NFC West and yeah. go a little younger. Somebody else who had struggled up to this point, Kyler Murray, his yeah. numbers looked a lot better in this game. A lot, lot better. I mean, he looked phenomenal. I mean, when you just look at him in general. Throwing, running. Throwing, running, all of it. He's being smart. Like, he's not letting anybody get cheap shots on him. He's not trying to, like, prove to us, oh, I can turn the corner and I can get 10 when everybody else can get five. Just going out of bounds. Please keep doing that, Kyler Murray. We don't need you to be, like, you know, pancaked on the sideline and out of football for three weeks because you had to get three extra yards on a run or tear your ACL like Jimmy Garoppolo did because you just want to cut it upfield because you're frustrated. But – the, the physical ability is special. I just There's no denying that. I think if you sat there and watched the film with me, you'd just go, damn. I mean, you can see how the ball spins. It pops out of his hands. You saw some of the highlights. Yeah. I mean, some of the throws are just like, damn, that's a 20-yard laser with no effort. Damn, that's a 30-yard laser, no effort. That's where it's impressive. My concerns are still with that offense. The, I have concerns with that offense. With the personnel, with the scheme. Oh, the scheme. The scheme. And, I, you know, I wrote to him, hey, the O-line, they're going to be a little bit better this year, so that gives them a fighting chance. But I don't see anything yet schematically that 
excites me about the Cardinal offense. I don't see anything. What, what if a naysayer said, but it's so vanilla in the preseason, just wait till September? I, I, I understand that, but this is too vanilla even for vanilla, okay? Mm. This is like translucent ice cream right now, okay? The shit's clear, <laughs> all right? I don't know what else to say, all right? It's got no taste. It's just uh, – and, and that's where it bothers me because the majority, and if you think back about the game, the completions he had in the game, none of them are concept-related. They're all one-on-ones. They're one-on-one back shoulder, one-on-one, ooh, he beat him off the line of scrimmage, I'll throw the perfect ball. Ooh, it's cover two, and I'll throw a laser in between the safety and the corner. None of it was, oh, I'm going to play the three-receiver stack over here and go through the read and find the guy that way. Every time he did that, that shit was covered up, and mm. that concerns me. Now, I hope I get proven wrong. I do, but... Also, I'm sorry, but the damn shotgun, every play frustrates me. Yeah. It, it frustrates me. You know, give the defense a different look. It's just, it's comfort zone every time. Oh, okay, two receivers here, two receivers here. Oh, okay, here's the quarterback. Okay, oh, what are they going to do? Fake the read option. Oh, no, we haven't seen that in the history of football. I have serious questions about that type of crap right now on their offense. The schemes and the concepts, did they look like things that were, I don't know, outdated, easy to cover, easy to recognize? I, and I got you covered there because I wrote this down. I just wrote, first of all, they just call plays. And sometimes, therefore, they waste plays because they run plays where I would go, ooh, John Gruden or Josh McDaniels would go, we don't want to run that play into that look. We're not going to win. That's not a recipe for success there. So that bothers me. And then I wrote, NFL defensive players have seen these concepts already too much through training camp. And I just wrote, and Vikes are all over it. They were all over it. It was all your basics, you know what I mean? And I'm not going to sit here and get too in the weeds about football, but that's what I worry about with that. I'm, Kyler Murray's going to be fine. I just Are they going to help him enough to really show what he's all about in year one? That's my real big concern. Did you anticipate that, that red flag, so to speak, with the offense from Cliff, from Cliff yes. Kingsbury? Yes, I did. That didn't surprise me. I mean, you? it didn't surprise me. I, I, I'm hoping for better, but this was my issue all along. And I know, I know like Cliff has all the tools to be an NFL head coach. Mm-hmm. What I have always argued is lack of people he's been around. He doesn't know what he doesn't know yet. That's, that's where I really worry about it in general. And so that, that, that's the little things I worry. Are they going to have enough of a run game? to keep people honest on the read option or the RPOs. You know, play action pass, I would think, would be right up Kyler Murray's alley, really. I mean, I, I, what, what, there's no rules. Who can put him underneath the center? Why does he have to be in the shotgun every play? And let alone, they're going to have issues with this whole clapping shit they're doing. Clearly. They keep getting false starts for it. Right. And last week they were trying to clap and lift the leg at the same time. And the NFL is not going to let that fly. The coach on the opposing team is going to complain to the refs before the game starts every week about an aggressive movement like this for the quarterback. It's like a head bob right. for the quarterback underneath the center. So that – and then can I, I want to say one thing about the Vikings. I'm, I'm summing oh. up Kyler Murray by encouraged by the player concerned about the offense. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's okay. it. Yep, that's spot on. And right. the other quarterback. Thanks for wrapping game. it up. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins um, was not his best day. Oddly enough, Kirk Cousins got a little into the Jimmy Garoppolo thing I just talked about. Feet got a little lazy. There was a few throws where it was just all arm. Hmm. Leg was planted in the ground. I'm going, man, you're about to make a 20-yard throw. Like, and those are those are different kind of releases because as I'm picturing, I'm putting them right next to each other yeah. in my mind. And Garoppolo's always been compact, yes, quick. very much. Kirk Cousins isn't. No, he really kind of gets it. He lets his arm get flexible and really gets a whippy, so, like you're saying. With, with that different motion, how did he get caught up in what Garoppolo was doing? I, I it just it became something with the feet where you know. At points, I don't know if it's in practice or you get seven on seven or too many no defense drills or, you know, just the monotony of camp where maybe you get a little lazy with some of your footwork to where you go, no, hey, man, like this is okay right now in seven on seven. But when it comes Sunday and it's like everybody's flying around at 100 percent, I'm not sure that ball's going to squeeze through that window you think is like cool right now in seven on seven on on a Wednesday practice. Right. And. He lost control of the ball. If you went back and watched all his throws, you would see there was a few throws, too. The ball really fluttered out of his hand. It became very jerky because his legs were not in sequence with him. I worry about the Minnesota Vikings. It's the vice versa of last year right now. Their offensive line is going to be a little bit better. Their run game is going to be better because of Kubiak, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we saw Dalvin Cook have the long touchdown run. What I worry about is the pass game. Yeah. I do. I don't know if I see anything that excites me there. 
uh, in that pass game. You're talking more about the quarterback than in in, in the scheme. I'm I'm fine. Like I know Diggs and Thielen are going to get open when they got one on one, and I still Cousins is going to hit them. Mm -hmm. But I'm worried about you know the five or six games a year where oh the other team's got two corners where Diggs and Thielen they just can't get open all game long. Like you just can't say oh they're going to win the one on one matchup. Right. And is there enough offense? and stuff to get them open, concepts. And for me, that has been a little scary with Minnesota throughout the preseason to this point. Does that go back to last year as well? Well, last year I was almost the opposite. I felt like, ooh, John Filippo, I kind of like some of the passing stuff, but would he freaking run the ball? Can yeah. we run it a little? This year it's like I know Kubiak can teach the Shanahan run scheme. They're going to run the ball better. But my issue with Kubiak, and especially in the Denver years with Peyton, I want to just go, damn. Can we can we get something away from the first week of installation from the West Coast offense and do a little bit more? Right. So th- those are my concerns from that overall. And we at this point we're almost federally mandated if we're talking about quarterbacks. Yeah. Preseason because we don't know what the record's going to be yet. Right. Got to hit Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Oh, I mean we got to. And this yeah. is probably probably the worst performance I've ever seen him have. Okay. What's and, at the top of the list there for bad? Well. I've never seen him off target the way he was in the game. And now off target for for Baker Mayfield is different than off target for Jimmy Garoppolo or Kirk Cousins. How so? Because Baker Mayfield off target is like you go, oh, the receiver, oh, he could have caught that if he just – that was close. Didn't miss by much. Didn't miss by much. Like, But uh, there's a few things that go into this. First off – I have a few issues. I'm, I'm not sold on Cleveland's O-line pass protection. Their right guard, is he's been an issue, and I think he can continue to be an we issue. talked about that last week. I know, well. I yeah. know. And it, it's, it reared its head a little bit here uh, against the Buccaneers, against, especially in Dominican Sue, who looks good, by the way. Let me just reassure Still. everybody there. He does. Still. He looks like he like, lost weight and he's in better shape. I know. He was kind of impressive from what I was seeing there. So I think with Baker Mayfield, I look at that, okay? Another thing we have to take into account here. You know, there's no OBJ, no Jarvis Landry, no David Njoku. None of them are playing in the game, right? right? The Bucks played man-to-man a lot. I can promise you they wouldn't be playing man-to-man like they were in that game Those with OBJ. Yeah, right. That right. would change your game plan. But they got, oh, they're not playing. Let's get in their face. Let's work on our man-to-man coverage, which therefore allowed them to blitz and do some things like that, where I go, if OBJ's on the field, they're not going to leave Vernon Hargraves on an island with him 40 plays in a row. I'm right. just sorry because they're going to lose 25 of them badly. Right. You know, So uh, we have to take that into account. We also have to take into account Todd Bowles knows that offense very good. right? Good he came from Bruce Arians, mm-hmm. and, and Freddie Kitchens is from Bruce Arians. So it's a similar system. So those are little things I look at. But with Baker, it was one thing, and I'm going to jib this one more time, okay? I like your flannel shirt today. In the middle of summer, it's really nice. <laughs> um, but here's the, my one issue with Baker that I've never really seen this with. And Baker is about as pure a thrower as I've ever seen. But a little bit like how, you know, you talk about Kirk Cousins. Baker is usually perfect. Yep. And the arm stays pretty tight. He got into a little bit the other night of really, really reaching back. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit it 350 down the fairway. 320 is not going to do. And I do think because of that, I saw so many, and I was going frame by frame and sewing it down, where I just felt like his arm was like way back in this position behind his head, more than I've ever seen before. Mm-hmm. And, I, and for me, for a guy who you know is very nuanced and really yeah. checking that out, and I'm pretty photographic memory with guys right. and their motions and things like that, that was what jumped out to me. And also I'll throw this one other little factor out there. The legend of Swamp Pass is real in Tampa, okay, this time of the year, yep. okay, because you, you can have some snaps where it's wet ball drill. Oh, my gosh. The right? humidity down there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I used to have to make my center change his pants at halftime. So underrated. So underrated. You get a ball that's soaked and you're supposed to throw a 20-yard out route? Yes. Yeah, yeah no. good luck. Right. Yeah. I used to get that a lot where I'd be in the preseason game and, gosh, I'm the second-string quarterback and here I come in. Damn, the center's been in here for a, a little while already. Yeah. And as soon as I put my hand under his ass, oh I go, oh, fuck. Yeah. Here we go. And then he snaps the ball and I get sprayed in the face yeah. by, you know, ass juice. Yes. Sorry, everybody, but that's what happens. <laughs> that's why Andrew Luck walked away. Well, yeah, it might be. He smelled his hand. He's like, I've had it. That's it. But I would drop back Sometimes I'd be like, oh, my gosh, this side of the ball is wet. And then i go back to yeah. the other side. i go, oh, my gosh, this is worse. And I'd have to go back to the other one. Um, so I'm glad you brought that up. Not, not that the, can happen. Not the swamp ass thing as yeah. it relates to what comes back to you. But 
how difficult it is to throw the ball yes. in August and September. It can be hard. Exactly yeah. right. It's Thank a, you. It's a different it, – it's certainly – I bet you Baker Mayfield has not had to have a lot of days like that in Cleveland. Right. And when he got down there, that was a little, a little bit of a shock, I'm of sure. Of all the quarterbacks you brought up for their individual games and the scheme, Jimmy G, Kyler Murray, Kirk Cousins, and then Baker Mayfield, it sounds like you're the least – concerned about him too. Yeah, yeah, yes, all right. Okay. I'm not concerned about Baker Mayfield. I think it was an outlier against a team with not he's not at full strength. The team has great right. knowledge of what they do on that side of the ball. And Tampa's got a new staff and it's the third preseason game and they're home and they want to impress their coach, you know, their fans right. and all that. That all plays into it a little bit. Pointing it out, but you're kind of giving him a pass a yeah, little bit. Yeah, I am. I am giving him a pass a little bit. Other quarterback in that game, Jameis Winston. Yes. Yeah, yay or nay? Well, I, no, it was, it was not his best day either, but I'll say this, a little bit the same way. First off, they didn't have Mike Evans out there, okay? Um, they couldn't run the ball, and where they really had an issue more than anything, and I don't put this on Jameis Winston, because I didn't look, come away from the game going, oh, Jameis made some stupid decisions, or Jameis really threw the ball poorly. Mm-hmm. It was more like, damn, nobody's open, or... Holy shit, the O-line got steamrolled. Right. I mean, the big boys played for Cleveland. Sheldon Richardson, Olivier Vernon, Miles Garrett, they were out there. And Olivier Vernon was a handful, and so was Sheldon Richardson. They dominated up front at times. And just like I talked about, oddly enough, with the Bucs, the, uh, I mean, with the Browns, the Bucks, the same thing. They got a right guard issue. They really do. I've seen it rear its head in every game now. And when I get to preseason game number three and it's still going on, I yeah. go, okay, it's, this is an issue. Right. Like it's, it's no longer like, oh, we're getting our feet underneath us. It's early preseason. It's a bigger problem than it used to be because a lot of teams are scheming to blitz up the middle more than they did a few years ago. Yes, right. So, no doubt. Right guard issue is a problem. Now. Right guard is definitely an issue for both of those football teams. And – yeah, I mean, I would think that week one, teams are going to notice that. They're going to stress those guys out. They're going to do stunts and different twists to, to see if they're on their game, not only physically, but, you know, when you're not on your game physically, as you know, it can filter into your oh, mental yeah. part of the yeah. game, too, because you're going, you're thinking about certain things about your technique, and then you're going, oh, damn, the guy I was supposed to just pick up on the loop <laughs> there is hitting my quarterback because I was worried about, you know, keeping my punch tighter. Right. Uh, so I, I do worry about that, especially in an offense like Bruce Arians, where we know they want to hold the ball and throw the ball deep down the field. Some big-name quarterbacks hit the field for the first time in the preseason. I want to hit on three guys here. I'm going to read their names yeah. and just give me your, your few heavy bullet points. Okay, you know me. I'm so short with words. You know me. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see if we can keep it moving here. Let's start with Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, I mean, machine. I, I, ben, ben was not perfect, but for a first preseason game, pretty getting good. out there it was pretty damn good. Exactly right. Ben is just so cool and calm. And the ball, he just puts it on the money almost all the time. Had a drop by Juju Smith-Schuster on an out route on one play. And the other thing that really jumped out to me, their, pa- their O-line. It, I mean, it's, the, it's real. It's, it's one of the best pass-blocking O-lines in football. It's still really good in the run game, too. James Conner. You know, we only got to see, I think it was two drives from Big Ben. But, I mean, I, I'm not worried about it. He had a Vance McDonald who dropped a pass, too. Big Ben looked good. And I think that Steelers offense is going to look good, too. You talked about Andrew Luck being worth a couple wins as yeah. opposed to Jacoby Brissett. Right. Roethlisberger might be worth four or five. I, I mean, he might be. No doubt about it. I mean, the, Ben Roethlisberger's greatness cannot always be quantified because he plays the position a little differently. It's a little mm-hmm. backyard football-ish. Right. He puts a lot of pressure on you because you go, whoa, he can throw it everywhere, and he's one of the best deep ball throwers I've ever seen, let alone he can stand in there forever and extend plays that way too, and he can beat you with his mind and audibles at the line of scrimmage and that stuff. You say backyard, I like to say recess. Recess, okay, I'm down with that. Organized Some recess. good recess football. To the Lions, Matthew Stafford played for the first time. Matthew Stafford looked like the Matthew Stafford I remember from two years ago. Uh, I mean, it was, it was sharp. It really was. I mean, first off, I think the first thing that I always look at is a guy's body, right? I do. It's just the way I am. So, okay, it's the first time I see him on film. Looks like he's in incredible shape. Like he's tightened up a little bit. You know, whether, I don't know if it means he ran more wind sprints or he's been squatting more. But either way, the shit looks tighter in the uniform. Right. And, yes, um, the throwing – Last year was a blip on the radar for Matthew Stafford, where I never saw him miss throws that he missed before. 
You can say anything you want about Matthew Stafford, and I know not everybody thinks he's real good. I am a defender of him because I think he's been really the only thing making shit happen up there for right. a long time. And last year he fell off because of the culture change, and I think they were asking him to play a different style of football, and I think it got it messed with his head. Right. But I look at the way he threw the ball, and then to our, your guy, Hawkinson, yeah. who's going to be legit, okay? So, mm-hmm. Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones. Like, the Lions are one of these teams where I know I'm going to pick my playoff teams and stuff. I don't quite know how to place them yet. There's a lot of good to like about them the more you watch. And a really good division, too. I know. That's the issue. And the O-line is real. The D-line is real. Um, Daryl Bevel, who was a big question for me in Seattle and a Mm -hmm. big question for me hiring him here in Detroit. I felt like just from looking at the the first three games, and especially this game with Matthew Stafford, I said, Liked it. I think Daryl Bevel's reorchestrated his formula of calling plays. What did you like most about his plays? I feel like it wasn't. A lot of personnel set changes, a lot of formation changes, and he did everything. Two tight ends are in the game. We're going to play smash mouth football. Next time he's in shotgun and spread, nobody's in the backfield. But the two tight ends are still in the game. Those are little things I look at. He's had a year, he had a year out to a really year think out, about I it. I think and it might have done him well. Guys don't want to do that, but I, I think know. it's really helpful. I think it happens. did. I think because every as you know, most of these guys have the same plays. Right. It's about how you call them. When you know what the defense is going to call and are you going to call it at the right time, right? Like, okay, it's, you know, I know in second and seven they like to play these two coverages. Mm -hmm. Can you dial up the right play in that situation? Right. And can you sequence plays also at the same time, like we've talked about with a Sean McVay before, where – it all looks the same, but it's a little different every right. play to where you got the linebacker and safety's head spinning. Okay, it's, it's the speed sweep. Oh, it's the fake speed sweep zone run. Oh, it's the fake speed sweep, fake zone screen pass. And then it's this play action pass off that. And that, mm-hmm. that's what a good OC does. And to me, I think Daryl Bevel might have turned the corner there a little bit. Think about how much you can learn when you're not game planning for the next week. And you know how it is. Somehow, wherever Daryl was last year, you know he had access to all the coaching. Oh, no games. doubt somehow about found it. His way to Without his a computer. doubt. He's not thinking about calling plays the next week. He can just kind of mix and match and sit down there and play scientists. So um, good for him. Yeah. Nick Foles. Nick Foles. Nick Foles, you know, it wasn't like earth shattering, but they're a different looking football team with Nick Foles, a quarterback. They really are. I mean, it just, I think it's going to make their run game uh, a, a lot more respectable because they're, they got some speed on the outside. And Foles is aggressive. I mean, he threw an interception when he was scrambling to his right because he was aggressive. He was trying to be aggressive and make a play as he was running, threw the ball behind the guy a little bit. But I think either way, I I like Nick Foles and what he does to that team. That's a big team. He's big in the pocket. He's fearless with people around him. Mm -hmm. And he's just got a great feel of throwing the ball over the middle into the right spots. Doesn't do it with arm power. Doesn't more with, you know, Oh, you know, just gracefulness and timing and, you know, and just, just doesn't matter. Him, Big Ben, Cam Newton, oh, there's four guys around me, no problem. Roar, yep. And throws it in there. And he's a good little athlete to get outside and bootleg and do things like that too. They didn't do a lot on offense, but I know their offense is going to be a lot better with Nick Foles. It's a team that's had a lot of talents around it for the last few years. When was the last time – they could think about the quarterback like, we got a guy. We've got a guy who can get it done. It's been years. You can see it on the sideline. Right. Even on the tape, sure I can, can see it. it. You could tell, like, Jalen Ramsey and those defenders, they're up there. They were watching Nick Foles because they wanted to see what he was going to do. Let's put your film watching to rest with three quick questions here. My first question, who jumped out that you didn't expect to look good? Oh, okay. All right, let me pull up the teams, okay? I have to always pull up the teams. Who jumped out that I did not expect? Okay. Um, mm, there's – Okay. I'll tell you one guy who just is – I don't know if I didn't expect it, but I'm just going to say it because I got to because it looks that damn good, Mm -hmm. is um, Bush, the middle linebacker for the Steelers. Run a little bit, huh? Holy (laughs) shit. Yeah. Every week it's gotten better. I got to see him in person up in training camp, but, you know, him with Mark Barron in the middle of that defense, Mm. I'm not saying it's Ryan Shazier, but, damn, they, they certainly are getting close to it. To where I go, ooh, this is a big improvement for this Steelers defense. How about one you expected more from who kind of let you down? Um, hmm. Good ones, good ones, good ones. Let me just look at my teams. Hold on. Well, I mean, I, I mean. How's Farrell looking? Oh, that's a good one. I mean, 
Farrell, now I didn't watch that film all the way. Mm-hmm. I haven't been thoroughly impressed with Colin Farrell. Now, I, I, to me, I don't think there's going to be anybody news to anybody who's listened to me because mm-hmm. I just don't know if he's that physically explosive and gifted. I think he's a good player, a guy who plays in the NFL over a long time. I don't see superstar in him. And that's what the number four pick to me is all about. Hey, I don't think Quinn and Williams for the Jets has been all that great to this point, all right? Uh, that's another one I'll throw out there. And as a team in general, okay, and I know Deshaun Watson didn't play, but the Houston Texans getting fucking shellacked the way they did, 34-0 yeah. the Dallas Cowboys, I don't really care. That, that's, that's, that makes me concerned it's overall. Yeah. It's embarrassing that you can get dominated like that and have special teams issues and things like that. So uh, those are good ones. Who else am I missing there? Anybody else? Gosh, that was a good question. I wish I would have had been better prepared. You need to keep there. a list now of everybody who, that you you thought sucked. Yes, I mean, I, we should have gave Josh McCown some love. I mean, oh, Josh McCown just comes off this. He's just playing with his kids three days ago. Hey, Kyle, yeah, I'll come in 20, 17 for twenty four and throw the ball over the field. I'm the backup, right? Yeah, you're the backup now. Yes, he's that kind of athlete. though. He really is. He's a special athlete. I want one offense or defense that wasn't vanilla. Yeah, that kind of pushed that preseason narrative aside. They showed you a lot yes. outside of the ball, right. With what they did. Okay, the Washington Redskins. What they do? They're the Washington Redskins. I'm always a fan of Greg Minuski. Greg Minuski. Uh, first off, their D-line dominated Atlanta's O-line in the game. And that's a little thing to where I'm getting concerned about Atlanta. It's three weeks in a row where Atlanta and I go, man, Matt Ryan's got a lot of people around him. Now, I know Julio's not out there, mm-hmm. and that'll take pressure off things. But that Redskins D-line, Jonathan Allen, okay, uh, Dur- uh, not Duron, uh, Duron Payne, the two Alabama boys in the mm-hmm. middle, Montez Sweat on the edge with Kerrigan on the edge, they look the part, good. right? And Landon Collins in the background. But what impressed me was Minuski – is great at calling zone coverages, and Matt Ryan looks back to pass, and he's got three receivers to the left, and somehow six guys for the Redskins are over there. He knows how to break down offenses. So that was one, I think, that popped out to me. Um, and uh, what would you guys That works. That was good? Yeah, because okay. I gave you the option of offense or defense. Offense or defense. Okay. Defense. And let okay. me just say Taysom, Taysom Hill is continuing to impress. That's I mean, your guy. Yes, he really is. I mean, I'm back to where I was watching it with Dad yeah. Saturday night. Who likes him more, you or your dad? I, I of course, watched the film last week and told him, I was like, Dad, it's, it's real. Like, he's playing quarterback. This is no longer just freak athlete. And I'm sitting there watching the game. I go into the kitchen for a minute, why Taysom Hill's got the ball, and he's – Holy, holy shit, holy. I can hear him in the other room because Taysom Hill's breaking out to make a run or a throw, and it's just like, yeah, that's what kind of player he is right now. Um, yeah. To, to finish, yes. let's go AFC. Okay. We're going to do the NFC some other time. Over-unders. Okay, I got one read to go. Stop rushing me. I got a read to I do. I rushed you. Okay, yeah. I got to give uh, that jerk, Florio, a little read, uh, all right? The PFT, sorry, Mike. PFT PM podcast, okay? Right. Yeah. Uh, this week... Florio is with Al Riveron. That is an interesting Another combination. Good get. A great get. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Can I we I'm, submit questions. I mean, Al is obviously trying to kiss up the Florio early here. He's trying to get on his good side before the season starts. <laughs> very smart by, very smart by Al. Good political move. Okay, so that's good. And uh, check us out. You know, me and Mike Florio four times a week, Monday through Thursday, mostly on Pro Football Talk. We have fun. We keep it all football. We deep dive on everything. That's what we do. That's our MO. Uh, I, I would encourage anybody to watch me. Yes. I think it's okay to move on to the uh, AFC over-unders via FanDuel. I got yelled at last time I tried to get past the Florio promo, so sorry. Don't, sorry to Mike. Well, don't mess with Florio. Sorry to you. He's Italian, you know. You know He holds grudges. You got to watch out for him. I'm married to one. You got to watch out. <laughs> AFC over-unders. Bills. 6.5. Yeah, I'm going over here. I am. I'm, I'm, I'm bullish we could on use the Bills. We some good teams in the AFC. Yes, and I, you know, I know we didn't get into it a whole lot, okay? But again, Josh Allen looked good. He had one full Tropic Thunder moment, okay? He had one Tropic Thunder moment, all right, where he ran out to the right and tried to throw a ball 30 yards across his body to the left, yeah. and it got intercepted, and he got lucky because it was an unnecessary roughness hit on the quarterback, okay? Mm-hmm. So he had that moment, and I, I wrote that down. I was like, man, that can't go on this year. That, that's done. Uh, but either way, the Bills' D is real. Mm-hmm. The Bills' O-line is much improved. LaShawn yep. McCoy is still the best running back on that football team, just mm-hmm. so everybody out there can hear that. Yep. And between John Brown, Cole Beasley, Isaiah McKenzie, and 
who else am I missing? This Duke Williams. I'm telling everybody to watch out for him. Duke Williams, number 82, came from Auburn, went up and played in Canada for a little while. Was like a guy that was going to be rumored as a first-round pick for a while. Had some issues. I don't even know the complete story. But I am – I like the Bills. You like the Bills? Yes. I gathered that. Yes. Dolphins, 4.5. That is a good one. That's and I'm going. No, that's not. And I'm going to go with the under. Really? I am. I don't. I just can't see it. Who's their quarterback? Um, I don't know yet. Ryan Fitzpatrick or Josh Rosen? Eventually, it will be Josh Rosen. I think he gives them a, a higher ceiling. And why not go there week one? Well, I don't know if they feel like they're going to win. He gives them the best chance to win week one. They're only winning four games anyway. I, I mean, and you're right, won. but you know, tell that to Brian Flores, whose livelihood's right. on the line. He's, oh, we're only going to win. Uh, I'm going to play the other guy. We're only going to win four games. You know. So, uh, I the Dolphins. I'm going to say 4-12, 3-13. They're in total rebuild process. Total. I'm going to give them five wins with, okay. with Josh Rose. Okay, I like that. Josh Let, alone. Let's, okay? keep, let's keep that tab, okay? All I right. want to make sure we get this. We can square it down at the end of the year. Take notes here while it's yes, for the next one. Patriots, do. 11 wins. Gosh, this is a, a good one. Okay, I mean... I'm mm. taking over, so you're definitely taking yeah, over. I'm going over. I'm, I'm I'm cheating just to pull up the schedule for a second because I just want to go. Only reason I'm pausing at all is because I maybe want to say a push. Yeah. Like that's the only way I can see it because I do think that that the Bills and the Jets are going to be better in that division this year. Didn't you hear Gronk is coming back after Thanksgiving? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. He's better get in the weight room. I know that. <laughs> they also got. Let's see. Am I just got this right? I mean. Their schedule, got the AFC North this year. Or no, they don't have the AFC North, do they? Yes, they do. They have the AFC North and the NFC East, which is tough. I'm going push with the Patriots. I had you written down for under. You had an under? I'm yeah. going to go push. All right. I'm going to go push there at a, right push at 11. At 11. Yep. What Jets. a wimp I am. Yeah, kind of. Jets yeah. 7. I'm going to go over. You just want to make our producer, Matt Casey, happy. Uh, yep. Actually, I don't really like him that much. I would love to piss him off with this one. I'll but go under. Yes. Uh, you're going to go under? Yeah. You think like way under, or you think it would be like a 7 and 9 under? I think 5 and 11. Okay. And next April, we're talking about what do they do with the 8th pick. Okay. That kind of thing. Okay. All right. I like this. This is a good one. We're going to have a difference here. I'm going to go over, but barely. I think the Jets are going to be 8 and 8. 9 and 7 on the outside looking in. I'm going to give them it's a that. big difference. I know. Eight and eight, nine and six. I know. Which right? one? Ooh. I'll go eight and eight. Okay. That's good because I, I had that written in pen. Okay, good. With good. your apprehension. I'm going to go eight and eight. There's, there's things I like about that Jets football team in general. I really do. I, I just think the Jets and Bills are going to be m- much better. Much better. Okay. I, yes, in all ways. AFC North. Ravens, eight and a half. That seems low to me. Yes. You, you, so seems I'll, very low. I'll say this. The, the AFC is real this year. There's a lot of good quality teams. I think this could be one of those years, Paul, where like we have a nine, a ten and six team, like maybe get left out of the playoffs. Happens. You know what I mean? We're like we the, the two home field advantage or the two first round buys might be eleven and five, and everybody else is ten and six, and maybe there's a one nine and seven, and then there's a whole bunch of eight and eights and nine and sevens who lost in the tiebreakers, and then we just got some shit teams at the bottom who don't win very many games at all. But I would not be shocked. So Ravens. At eight and a half, I'm going to go the over. I'm going over as well. I, 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 I still question that pass game. My big thing with the Ravens, too, is, man, they get two cupcakes to start the season. Dolphins and Cardinals. Defense is really good again. Defense is really good again. This might be the best over on the whole board. For you think AC. so? You think? I, I haven't looked through all of them yet, but so far. It, it's just scary because I just worry about the Lamar and the passing offense still to a degree. But he's been pretty damn good this preseason to where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to them. And, and, yes, they got big O-line, big D-line, great he defense. Could be, he could be kind of a version of himself last year and still get to 9-7. and seven. I think he could, too. Yes, exactly right. Bengals, 6. Pretty low for them. <clears throat> I know. I'm, I'm – mm, man. No A.G. Green early in the year. I just don't see it, Paul. I'm was going the last under. Time they were five and eleven. I know. I'm going under. See it under. Okay. I am. I am. And I don't know. Oh, listen, I'm not sitting here saying I'm the oracle, but I'm the oracle, and I'm just saying I don't know. You know, again, it's so it's harder now to look at preseason football than ever before and get a gauge you of get teams. No read off. It. Yeah, no, like three, no, no. four years ago, we got a little feel. Teams game plan more. They play their starters more. You know, I, I you you got a feel for what a team was truly going to be. It's hard the last two years. It really is, but. Yeah, I just look at the Bengals and go, I'm not thrilled about the coaching staff. Um, I don't think Andy Dalton's a huge difference maker. I got questions about the O-line, even though they're, they're, on, they're on the right 
the right pace, but they, they've lost some guys to injury. I mean, they already lost their first-round pick, Jonah Williams. Okay, mm-hmm. I worry about that. On defense, I like the secondary. I like some guys on the front. But I don't know if there's real, real difference makers, enough difference makers for me to say, ooh, they're going to they're gonna win a lot of games coming out of the AFC North. Browns, nine and a half. I'm not going double digit with them. I don't think I am either. I'm going under. I don't think I am either. I that is a really good one though. Nine and a half. Yeah, I wouldn't bet this if, if anybody's got extra money out there. This would be the one I'd say stay away from. Yeah, I um I mean I, I think the, the worst the Browns are like nine and seven. But I don't know if I could sit here and give them ten and six because of the little things I just told you about. You know, I do. I worry about overall defensive depth. I worry about their secondary, okay? You know, uh, it's, yes, Denzel Ward's phenomenal. The rest of the group is meh to me. Mm -hmm. It's eh, all right? And so if Olivier Vernon and Sheldon Richardson and Miles Garrett don't kick ass, then I I think they could be in trouble in the back end a lot. That worries me. And then we talked about their right guard issue on the offensive side of the ball. And, hey, it's a lot of new. I, I've been saying kind of all offseason I'm going to pick the Browns to go to the playoffs, and I feel like I've been backing off that here the last week or so. So we'll, we'll see. We'll give you the bit. final answer on Tuesday. But, yeah, I'm going to go under. Taking the two unders. Yeah. The Browns at nine and a half. Steelers, nine. Over, 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 yeah. over, over. Easily. I am. Two overs. Going Colts, over. Colts at seven. We kind of addressed this earlier. I think you believe it's going to be more than that? I do. Yeah. I do. And it's just I'm going to go with the over with the Colts, too. It's just going to be a question of is it going to be 8-8 eight and eight or is it going to be 10-6? and six? I think it's and going to be more than 7. And that's what's going to be, the you know, like we said, the Andrew Luck clutch factor. Can Jacoby Brissett deliver in a, in a few of those games where, you know, the Colts aren't playing their best ball but somehow find a way to win it because Andrew Luck pulled them out? Can Jacoby Brissett do that? You know, it's, it's uh, week 13 and the Tennessee Titans are at home and they're kind of – uh, this is a boring game. Uh, they're not playing their best ball. Can he pull them through in those situations? It's really the big question. Texans eight and a half. I'm going under. I'm gonna take an under as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna not go like horribly under. Yeah, eight like and eight, seven and nine, yeah. right around there. Yes. Two wonders. Uh, yep. I, I mean, the Lamar Miller injury, huge, significant. Lamar yep. Miller is a really good running back. A little bit where, again. You know, we look at Saquon Barkley last year and go, oh, that was a phenomenal year. I mean, he's five yards per carry behind that O-line, the same O-line that we all go, damn, Eli has to play quarterback behind that O-line. Right. Same thing with Lamar Miller. He averaged 4.6 yards per carry. And the Houston Texans O-line was worse than the Giants last year. Yeah. I mean, Deshaun Watson, he's probably just healing up now with body bruises <laughs> from what he had to go through. So, yeah, I'm going to go under there. The Texans are tough. I really love Billy O'Brien. I love the, like, the attitude and the physicality they play with. But I think this year's a little bit of a drop-off. I think I have found what's going to be your favorite over in the AFC here. I think it's going to be the Jags. Jaguars, eight. Yeah, I'm, 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 I love the Jags. I do. I mean, I'm picking the Jags to win the AFC South. I can just tell you that right now. I already know that. Um, I think the defense is still in the conversation for the most talented in the game, if not the most talented. And now, I mean, Josh Allen, who you heard me during the draft, right? Josh Allen, the defense end. I wasn't sure, you know, how it would translate to football. And I'm, not, I'm still not sure he's going to be like a superstar pass rusher because he does, still has no bend, mm-hmm. but he is a physical specimen. And he dominates in the run game. And he can push the pocket. And he got even some sacks the other night where, you know, they did some stunts. And he's going to get a few like that either way. But either way, he's one of those guys when you turn on the film, you go, who's that big fucker wearing 41 over there? Right. I mean, that's what you do. You go, damn, he's jacked. And, oh, that's Josh Allen. Okay, that's why they picked him at number seven, I guess. So, yeah, I'm going over for a lot of reasons. I think they're talented. The Nick Foles factor the coaching, I like the Jacks. Make it two overs for Jaguars at eight. Titans also at eight. Going under. I'm going push. You're going push. Okay. Push. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to be much under, but I'm going to go under with it. I, I, um, I'm concerned about Tennessee's O-line. I'm concerned about difference makers in the past game. I'm not sold like on Mariota. Yeah. Right. I'm not yeah. sold on that. You know, the defense has a lot of good. I don't know if it has great. Mm-hmm. You know, you know um, the, the new OC, um, uh, Smith. Uh, damn it, I'm forgetting. Is, is it, I want to say Arthur. Is it Arthur, guys? Somebody no, saved it's me. It's Arthur. It's yes. Arthur, right? Yeah. His, his dad started FedEx. Did you know that? No. Uh, yeah, which is amazing, right? His dad really did. Started FedEx. Must be a good offensive, offensive mind. Now. I mean, 
He knows how to deliver from the ground or the pass, the air (laughs) air or the ground delivery. (laughs) But uh, I am going to go below for the – I'm going to go under for the Titans. All right, Titans under eight to the AFC West, Broncos seven. Gosh, damn it. The damn Broncos. What am I going to do here? Oof, man. You like the defense a little. I do like the defense. How much do you like Joe Flacco when it comes down to I like Joe. I I will say their O-line has been a little underwhelming too here through through, um, the start of – the preseason, gosh, it's seven wins. What are you feeling? This one's a tough one. I'm on the fence about this one. I'm going to give them eight and eight, so I'll go over. Okay. You know. You want to double up? Yeah, I think I'm going to go the All same right. way. I'm going to go over with you. I'm glad. You're going to keep this? You're going to put this away in your? I am. I, I hope I can read my writing as, okay. as we get further along. But yeah. yeah, I'm going to hang on to this. Okay, don't get too old in the next year, so make sure you can read <laughs> oh, it still. It's not easy. Chiefs, ten and a half. Chiefs, O-line. Chiefs offense, I think, is going to be better than last year. I mean, that's insane that I'm saying that out loud. Defense can't be a whole lot worse. I can't be a whole lot worse. It definitely cannot. They're going to be more stout against the run. They're not going to be one of the worst in football stopping the run this year. I can promise you that. They got to, they, that's how they reorchestrated their defensive line, and Justin Houston and D Ford aren't there anymore. They're kind of going the size angle, right? Chris Jones is starting in the middle. You know, uh, Nadi, the other uh, guy from Florida State's there. They got Frank Clark on the edge. They got Okafor on the other edge. So they're going more power base this year. I do worry a little about Steve Spagnolo mm-hmm. because he can do too many defenses, and sometimes they're just not sound because they do too much. But I think I'm going to go over for the Chiefs. I'm going to go over. I'm going under. You going under? They're going to get figured out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Ten wins, ten and six. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you're just going just barely under. Okay. One over, one under. Yep. I think the Chargers are going to be better. They're at nine and a half. Mm -hmm. I'm taking the over. Yeah, the Chargers are they're the one of the teams I'm really struggling with here, just as how good they're going to be. Um they really are. Because I, I, I don't know what it is about that I guess a little bit what worries me, Joey Bosa's health. Still a little bit of a lack of big people in the interior D-line. Tillery is back. Melvin Gordon. Yeah, Melvin Gordon issue scares me. Derwin James being out, right? Um, I'm going to say over for right now. I'm with you. But but I'm not necessarily – tune in on Tuesday for it's my playoffs. That's over. one I'm not sure. It's a shaky over. Might change it. Yeah, don't put a lot of money on that one. Raiders six and a half. Ooh, doctor. Six and a half for the Raiders. That's like the perfect line for them. I do think the Raiders are going to be much improved. What were the Raiders last year? Five and eleven? Is that what they ended up? Uh, I'll tell you right now. They were four and twelve. Four. Yeah, four and twelve. Damn, they were worse than I remembered. Okay, so I I I um I think I'm going to go to the under here. Yeah, I'm just barely six and ten. Yeah, Yeah. the half the half scares me. Pair of six and ten. You know, I think they're a six and ten who is just really a pain in the ass and probably lose two or three, like, heartbreaking games to where you just go, man, they're going to, like, kill themselves in the offseason. But I think heading in the right direction. But, yeah, I think I'm going to go 6-10. and 10. I'm with you. Derek Carr. Too young. You know, there's just – Maybe. There, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of unproven commodities. They're young – they're in the rebuild. I mean, right. let's just not forget that. Six and would not be a disaster. It would not be a disaster. Been. No, I mean, if they got to 8-8, eight and eight, I'd go, damn, that was a really successful season. Be a 50% improvement. It would be. Over last year. You're right. So, hey, it would maybe be. Maybe it's a win. And they're going. Like we said, we talked about it a lot in the offseason. I mean, they, they won the offseason. They're one of those teams that are up there. It's just, hey, it's Clellan Farrell's first year. It's Abram's first year. You know, it's it's – Josh Jacobs, who looks phenomenal. First year, it's the Antonio Brown experiment. You know, it's, there's a lot of things there. Trent Brown's going from left tackle back to right tackle. Uh, you know, the defensive line doesn't just overwhelm me in general. The secondary, I look at some things and go, oh, I like it. But there's other areas I go, oh, I don't know. Can they really cover people man-to-man on big situations on a third and four and stop people that way? I'm not sure about all that. So, yeah, I got questions there. It's like in Bull Durham, Kevin Costner, when he summarized to the bench coach that came out, he's like, what the hell is going on out here? Got a lot of shit going on. Got a lot, right a lot going on out right, here. He's got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, they do. They yeah. got a lot going on. Yeah. Um, okay. You know the two Robbies, right? I've two Robbies podcasts, right? Good dudes. They are good dudes. Yeah. I know. I've talked yeah. a little ball with them. They have the two Robbies podcasts. If you're trying to get brushed up on soccer, Premier League football, okay, Premier League soccer, as we say in this country, Robbie Mustel, Robbie Earl, they'll re- recap match, uh, recap match week three. Is that right? Match week three or week 
three matches. Did, we, did they say that in London? Am I wrong there? This is what or, we pre-read the Or promos. did my producer just go full Tropic Thunder there Let's and see. write it backwards? He wrote recap match the matches from week three recap. of the Premier League. I think he left off. We'll just yes. say that. Yeah, it's yeah. okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh, kid can't even read. And then uh, trouble for Manchester United after losing to Crystal Palace. Damn, mm. man, you lost to Crystal Palace? I don't, I don't watch a lot, do you? I'm not right yeah. now. I can't. I'm total right. football and just trying to, by a thread, pay attention to my Yankees. That's all I can do. Two Robbies, like when you bump into them back there, right. order, they, they couldn't be nicer. Crystal Palace, I can't even, sometimes when I see that, I go, yeah. is that like ch- some cheap casino down in Atlantic City? That's Rebecca Lowe's favorite team. Is, there, is it Rebecca yeah. Lowe's favorite team? Do you like Tottenham? I, I I don't know anybody on Tottenham right now to say if I like them or not. No. I just like to say it in the promos. You do? Tottenham? Tottenham. Tottenham. Oh, hey, yeah. you're so English. Right? Do you have a team that you do root for? Because I kind of root don't. for Manchester uh, United. There's only so many sports that I can, yeah. that I can get yeah, up in. Yeah, you're, and you're, you're deep in them right now. not there right now. But I, uh, they're, first off, the Robbies are cool, okay? Awesome, dude. They got yeah. style. Sincerely, I yeah. see sometimes one of them's got the top button up there. They better keep an eye on those ties that they put back there. And, oh, you might snag might a wander few? Off. They might show up on NHL Live. <laughs> All right, all right, that's it. The music's out, okay? And Thursday, we will do NFC over-unders. I know my dad wasn't on the pod today. He blew me uh, off. He did, he blew you off. He's yeah. like once every few days is all he can handle with you. He's got things going on. I don't know. He just called me, too, while we were sitting here. So I don't know what's going on. But we'll have him on Thursday. We'll talk a little bit more. Like I said, NFC over-unders on Thursday. Next week, I'm going to give my whole playoff division breakdowns, and we're going to get all into the bracket and everything. And are you doing next Tuesday? Next Tuesday. Are you? Do we know? We don't know that. If you are invited. If you are invited, we'll figure it out. And the cool cool club later. Ahmed's in? Ahmed's in. Damn, okay. Coming back from Louisville there. I want, nonetheless, okay, at some point, your Super Bowl predictions. At the very okay. least. All right. I got to have it, okay? Yep. Not, got, not right now. Not right now, but next week sometimes I'm going to text you and I want Good. your final four or at least final two with a winner. I'm okay? Gonna study. You're down with that? You're ready. All right. That's yeah. it. Chris Sims on button. You know where to find us. YouTube.com slash NBC Sports if you want to watch us there. And then you can download us anywhere podcasts are available. Polly Burmeister, you're the man. Thanks for coming in, man. You look good, even though you're really winging it open. That chest there is a few scraggly grays there. Take care of that. See you. Peace. We're out. (laughs) There might be. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.